Dear Diary, today's episode is a best of, with former Ronnie Rhino, the Toonie Bin, Charlie, mascot drawings, costumes with character, mascot games, Robert Bodwin, Pete D. Pirate, and Vincent. Take a listen. I was running when Rhinos won the treble, so we won the, um, the league, and then we won the cup final, and then uh, the grand final. Now, Five days before the grand final, my daughter was born, and of it, and, and uh, rhinos were asking me if I, I'd, I'd be able to do the final. So I was kind of like, "Will my wife let me? Should I do <laughs> yeah. it? I don't know." So anyway, there was either the choice of the grand final or the homecoming. So I was, I was over the moon that my wife had said, "You can do one of those, but you, you can't do both." So anyway, I thought, I'll do the grand final because if we don't win, there'll be no homecoming, right? So we won, so we got the treble. And then the homecoming, uh, I couldn't believe it. So so on the, um, I think it was about two days after she was born, I got a call saying, can you, um, is there any chance at all that you could do the homecoming? I said, look, I can't. I've already got the nod to do the, the cup uh, the grand final I can't do both they went well we've rented out Leeds Arena so it's like a big like where all the pop stars go I think Bruce Springsteen opened it and things like that so anyway <laughs> so they went we've rented that out and there's going to be 5,000 6,000 people there and we want you to do a dance routine so I said look I'm really sorry I would give anything to do it but I can't so they said oh, okay what if because uh, it was three hours long. They went, what if we get you a taxi to arrive five minutes before your dance routine? You do your dance routine and then a taxi picks you up five minutes afterwards and you go home. So I'm like, oh, wow. So I had a word <laughs> with my wife and she went, do you know what? It's a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. You can do it. So I- I'll never forget it one of the most amazing things ever. I go out on stage, crowd went and mental. And this is on YouTube as well. I have to send you it, but it's uh, yeah, a, f- a five-minute dance routine to Uptown Funk. <laughs> we're just the best I've ever danced it. it uh, you know, we'd done it in a couple of games before, and uh, absolutely nailed it. It was absolutely brilliant. I felt like a rock star. I thought I could do this every week. I'd love this, um, but yeah, I don't think I'll ever get to do that again. So, you know, that was one of the stories I definitely had to tell you. I married that girl who doesn't like going to games. Oh, my God. <laughs> so, so, so I remember my first game I ever did, uh, she came to watch, and I was, um, I don't know if you know Ali G. Ali G is like... Uh, <laughs> Sasha Baron Conan? Sasha, Sasha Baron Cohen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So Ali G, basically, I was Ronnie dressed as Ali G. And like... <laughs> I had 12 girl dancers coming into me and like basically grind up against me. I had to push them off, twerk, and then I had to push them off. Um, so, and then I had to do a press up over the top of one of them. And uh, I was 21 at this point. And um, my wife is like, yeah, I don't ever want to come and watch you do that again. So you just crack on. I know you're only dancing. Uh, just, <laughs> I don't want to watch it though. So, yeah. And so do you travel with the suit? Uh, on that occasion, yeah. For the most part, I try to get them to deliver the suit to the venue. But often, like for charity, you tend to be the one to take it with you. And so describe that going on the tr- on public transportation. I mean, we've we've talked about this before, but I just think this is 
interesting and it just shows how much how much dedication there is when you're lugging this big thing like a big bag around to do what you love you know uh, well one of them was actually two bags because the head just wouldn't fit in with the body oh my god it was that huge and then of course i ended up having to try to carry it on the subway and that's not fun because <laughs> the head was actually wider than the doorway i forget what character that was called now i'll have to think about that one later but um, mostly it's getting on the bus that seems to be the problem because where you've got such a huge bag, they're really iffy about whether they're going to let you on or not. Oh, really? Yeah. Um, some drivers actually will charge you for two seats. Oh, wow. Which is really annoying. <laughs> oh, that's crazy. So what's the coolest thing you've ever done in the suit? Oh, that's probably a mascot furlong. What is that? <laughs> Oh, it's a 220-yard run. Uh, horse racing track is about eight furlongs oh, okay. long. So a uh, furlong is one-eighth of the track. But they had this big inflatable bouncy obstacle course in the middle of it. Um, unfortunately, I did get injured while I was trying to go through that. I landed on a mascot's foot and it just knocked the wind straight out of me. I mean, other than that, it was good fun. So you ran and you did the inflatable obstacle course all in the suit? Yeah. Uh, the, tr the trouble is, is that the head is bigger than some of the holes that were in there. So that was an <laughs> interesting attempt to get through those. Do you know how they wash that thing once the color gets on there? Because I saw that it was like a white unicorn. Yes. If you look up pictures of the mascot, most of the time you'll just see it destroyed. The oh fur will God. get all matted. It'll be covered in purple. It'll a lot of times. It, mostly, this happens with the international events. Like the, the unicorn turns brown because it's all like red and purple. Yeah. Like it turns <laughs> ugly at the end. But every time I used to do it, somehow I never got dirty, and I wanted to get it dirty because they clean it for you. Like they do a really, really good job at maintaining these suits because they know it's going to get colorful you know yeah and uh for the first few years i got nothing on me it, it, i was still white so at clearwater last year i was on stage i purposely went into the audience and kind of joined in their color throw i still didn't get dirty so i go back on stage they're playing like this uh it's some popular song right now the radio keeps replaying it so i literally just got a color packet ripped it open started dancing and just poured it on myself I just dr I just drowned myself in it. I accidentally got it in the eye hole, so my eye became blue. <laughs> but it it worked, so I started doing that at Orlando as well. It gets a good crowd reaction, so if anyone does that, I, I highly suggest dumping something on yourself. We'll get the crowd going nuts. A, a funny um story with me at the university was we all know Hulk Hogan. Yes, <laughs> we we know we know his daughter. Yes. Um, see how to a reality show. <laughs> yeah. And this one, I'm going to tell you. I don't think we want to um, put it on the air. Okay, I'll edit podcast, this out. Edit because it. I don't want to um, get my, my butt kicked by Hogan. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So she, she's on FBU's campus um, um, taping Brooke Knows Best. She's there for a week. And it's a bond, like, I'm out and all that, just enjoying a scrimmage from the football team. Uh-huh. We had a bonfire. I go up to her, I'm like, hi, I'm a big fan. All my friends um, laughed at me for saying that. 
I even I was on on camera saying that to her. Um, then during the bonfire, I, I'm in my suit. I'm 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 having fun interacting with her. Afterwards, I was like, I'm so glad you like my dancing. And my university are owls. Yeah. So there's owls everywhere. It says owls, owls, owls. After I tell her, I'm, I'm so glad she liked my dancing. She's like, you're the penguin. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah. Do you have any regrets? Yeah, I, I, I do. Uh, nothing that I did while in costume that took away from the character or the program. But there was an incident that led for my uh, myself and our mascot squad back in college to be removed from the mascot program. We broke a rule that had been previously broken by squads before us, but never enforced. And there was a new sheriff in town running uh, running the, the association, and they decided to enforce it. And while at the time, 10 years ago, I was very upset being 10, 10 years removed and a little bit more mature, I completely see where they were coming from. So I didn't leave the program on a good note, but time heals all wounds. And I've, I've returned to my university to be a guest judge for tryouts. I've spoken to the mascot squad about carrying yourself with professionalism in and out of costume, respect for the mascot, the costume, and for the people that came before you and for the people that will come after you. And tried talking to them in regards to how to make, make the step back to a uh, national championship winning program because that's always one of the biggest goals at our university and it hasn't been done in some time. So yeah, that would be my regret because I wanted to be a professional mascot as well. And I am that. I wanted to be a full-time professional mascot. And once I was removed part, part way through my college time, I, I lost all contacts, uh, all connections with UCA and all my mascot friends at other schools and I wasn't able to hone my skill. So that's a regret. I've made made lemonade out of the lemons that I was dealt with because I'm a professional mascot now. And while it's not in the capacity that I would like it to be, I'm having a lot of fun and uh, I love what I do. I'm glad that it circled back into a, a positive. Bear with me. <laughs> me. No, that's right. Me yeah. trying to think of how you... I know there's a lot of glue involved, but is there like a special like sew gun like i'm thinking glue gun or like staple gun is there like this crazy sewing machine gun that like, <laughs> seems through and I you wish, don't need to... i wish there was <laughs> um i know i know what you mean because things are so um thick and hard to get under a normal machine yeah um i know yeah you can buy little handheld uh sewing machines but i think they're more for like hemming your curtains with and whatnot yeah. But um, really, you want a heavy-duty machine, an industrial one. All our sewing machinists use industrial um, gear. So, I mean, yeah, it's it's really hard to get through the kind of thickness that a mascot costume has under, like, a small domestic machine. So, yeah, get an industrial machine or big, heavy hand sewing needles if you're finding it hard getting through something on a smaller machine. Yeah, You've got to have the right tools for it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> my sewing machine is like from the seventies. I think like, it's, <laughs> it's my mom's. And... Oh, great! That's so nice. Yeah, I <laughs> wish I had. I still had my mom's or my nana's old sewing machine. Throughout the year, people when I wear one of these these shirts, you know, I have the mascot games on it, and people come and say, oh, "I've been to the mascot games a number of times," you know. And uh, the girls at the checkout counter said, "I used to go when I was a kid to mascot games." You, know, you hear these comments, so it gives you, you know, it gives you a good feeling as uh, as part 
putting the event together. Yeah, and I think it makes everybody feel proud. Yeah, definitely. And you like to be associated with winter, you know, <laughs> and and that really does. And winter, in the sense of 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 having a positive impact on the community. Uh, and we've had a lot of tragedy here in Orlando. We had uh, New Hope for Kids, especially we had the shooting that took place here a little over a week ago. One of our volunteers was killed in that. Mm-hmm. Um, he was a volunteer, worked with the kids, but to make matters even worse in his case, he was a former family. His wife died in 2010, and so uh, his two children now have neither parent. And things like that really hit home with us. You know, death can be just devastating, especially to young people. So it's it, you know when we can put on events like this and get away from focusing on some of the tragedies of the past and, and, and get people excited and have a time to forget about everything uh, and just enjoy themselves. That's a big uh, motivation for, for us here. What was, or maybe you have a few, I don't know, what was the most dangerous thing that you feel that you've ever done in the suit? Hmm. Um, some people might think it was jumping off the Olympic uh, highest platform, but it wasn't. That was pretty pretty safe. We had undone the chin strap, and uh, if you saw the raw footage, it was pretty funny when I hit the water. And this is jumping from whatever it is, I think 40 feet or 35 feet or whatever it is in feet, uh, the 10-meter board and uh, or platform. And uh, when I hit the water, uh, the head popped off like a bottle cap and just shot about 10 feet in the air. And I had two life vests on and I resurfaced. But uh, actually, I think probably the most dangerous uh, was the rollerblade ramp slingshot dunk uh, that we would do where, you know, you get shot down the court by this giant three-man slingshot on rollerblades. And uh, there's not a lot of margin for error there. If you lean too far back, you know, you're going to gainer it. And I've hurt my neck doing it uh, accidentally that way. And uh, if you're too far forward and too much adrenaline, you're going to crash into the rim. And if you go right or left, you're going to crash into the fans. So uh, there's a, a lot of precision involved in that one and a lot of practice. Is that, have yes. you already uh, started working with that person? Oh, yeah. We had this past April, it was the first time we had official mascot tryouts. Oh, wow. And we were like, we were look, we advertised, we were like, we're looking for males and females. And that Friday, it was Friday and Saturday during cheerleading tryouts. And one girl came and it was kind of a blessing and a curse. It was a curse <laughs> because no one showed up, but it was a blessing because only one girl showed up and put her in the suit, how to walk around and interact with the cheerleaders and interact with kids. And she did a really good job. And then I talked with her and then that's how kind of how Lady Pirate really got started. We were like, we can get a Lady Pirate. Because I've seen the success with like North Carolina State, their lady, uh, mascot, and University of Arizona, University of Houston, you know, schools that have had success with having a female mascot. You know, we were like, why can't we do that? So we're looking forward to uh, her unveiling during the fall. And so we're trying to think it out. I'm talking with my friend and I'm like, you can't take him to this one park because there's no, there's, there's nowhere to change. There's no way mm-hmm. you can fit a mascot in that restroom. So I was like, so you're only going to have to do it at this other park where we actually have a building and a facility. So I know that's like 
really rough and to plan all of that out. And sometimes, I mean, you're lucky that you had the school put yeah. on that, that event. But what about other events that the school doesn't put on? Have you ever been in a crazy situation? I, the smallest place that I have had to change was actually the back of a Nissan Altima. <laughs> oh, yeah. While the car was driving, one of the marketing interns was driving. We were going to elementary school because we do a lot of elementary school appearances. And I was changing and she was driving to the school. It was the worst thing ever. Oh, my god! I gosh. was like, yeah, it was tragic. But I eventually, like, when we got out, I kind of adjusted myself. Because the current suit's kind of rough because it's a, ja- it's a big velvet blue jacket. And a shirt, any kind, any type of t-shirt, or it came with like a a ruffled pirate shirt, and then pads under it. So it kind of had to be adjusted once I got out the car. But yeah, that was probably the worst place I've had to change. Wow, I, no one's ever said moving vehicle, so <laughs> you, you winner winner. <laughs> uh, was one was the cheerleading coach at the time, and she was new, and uh, I. As a punishment, she was like, hey, you know, one one thing that I did not like teachers to do was call my mom. That was the worst thing you can do to me. You can do anything else. You can give me anything else. Suspend me, whatever. Just don't call my mama because my mama was strict. So anyway, one day I got in trouble and she had it up to here and she was like, hey, I'm going to call your mom or better yet, you know, we're looking for a new mascot. Maybe you can dress around and see if you like it as detention. So... I dressed up in it, and so I, I just fell in love with it. And my principal and stuff was like, "Well, hey, if you can keep your, you know, your grades and your attitude straight, you can do this." And that's what kind of kept me out of trouble. That was like kind of a behavioral uh, control mechanism for me. So from there, I just fell in love with it. That's so. amazing. I love that story. Did you go back and tell your teacher, be like, hey, you know, when you tried to punish me by being the mascot, that totally turned into my, you know, my career and everything. Oh, yeah. They, you know, they're really fond of me in my high school. And, um, and you know, some of my, like I had a, um, I had a Votech teacher or, you know, kind of like a home ec teacher. I'm sorry. And when, like, she taught us, like, life skills, like, sewing, cooking, and stuff like that. But she, like, actually helped me rebuild. Uh, uh, she helped me, like, our, our our body of our mascot in middle school was ripped to shreds. You know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. And she she helped me. Me and her made, made another body as a sewing project in our class. And so um, she, she was real fond of me. And then uh, I had another teacher. I had two other teachers that were very fond and, and helpful when it came to that side. So, and now when they see me on Facebook and you know, their friends with me on Facebook and stuff like that, so seeing me go from being middle school to professional, they get a good kick out of it. So, I love that. That's awesome. <laughs> uh, or it's like splash day at the stadium, and when we have splash days, I mean, we used to get go so outrageous with it. We'll have super soakers super soakers, water balloons, like all types of stuff just to get wet. We we bring out the fire truck and they come in, they set up the fire hose and I mean they shoot where shoot shoot water off sky high in the air and like make this big old fountain is real neat. And uh so anyway this kid was out and I had a water gun, you know, because I would participate. This is one of my favorite days. 
and um, I'll participate and stuff like that. And and so I, I was going in, and this this kid comes up to me, and I guess he had been trying to get my attention all game, and he comes up to me, and he had he like threw his hands up. So I, you know, there's a million and one kids around me with their hands up, like shoot me, Hornsby, shoot me, Hornsby, you know what I mean? I I I thought that's what he wanted, and I shot him with the water gun. It's a little squirt, and his dad writes a paper in the mail. I guess the kids started crying and some other stuff. Oh and his dad wrote a his dad wrote a uh, wrote a paper, uh, wrote a story in the in the newspaper saying that you know Hornsby was dangerous to kids who they let let him walk around with loaded water pistols and. He's teaching the kids that it's okay for violence. And, you know, he just hyped up this big old story. And, you know, my boss thought it was funny. But, you know, of course, we had to take action. So we had to get rid of Hornsby's not allowed to carry water guns no more. Oh, my God. <laughs> Unfortunately. And, you know, with anything that's, that's kind of, you know, shifted towards violence, can't do so they kind of mess made the fun go away a little bit you know the guy was real rude to me and when the situation first happened you know i you know kind of took the kid back behind the stairwell and you know took my head off and apologized to the father and you know he was kind of making you know racist comments and you know he was real rational but i handled it professionally and uh but it was just that was a bad experience for me where i had to spend to make it up to the kid i had to spend 30 minutes alone with him and like two of his friends uh, at our at our playground at the stadium before a game in the middle of july <laughs> oh my gosh it was wow. miserable so the kid i i i just i, I everybody else is a million and one kids just walking around you know i want to be hit i just didn't understand it but and that was it for my best of volume three so if you'd like to be on the show don't forget to email me it's contact at mascotdiaries.com if you'd like to follow me on social media it's mascot diaries on instagram twitter and facebook if you can do me a favor if you could share your favorite episode with a mascot friend or someone who listens to podcasts Grab the link to your favorite episode and email or text or tweet whoever and just spread the word about this show. <laughs> I should make it to 40. I'm in the process of scheduling uh, 40. And I just wanted to say thank you to everyone who's reached out and just said that they listen and they really enjoy the show. So even if you don't want to be on the show, that's okay. I appreciate <laughs> the messages that you know, you're listening. So that's pretty cool. Work has been pretty crazy, but I'm going to try and just edit these next few episodes episodes and see if we can get any more after 40 so we'll see like i said share the podcast with a mascot friend so maybe you never know they'll they might want to be on the show maybe they've never heard of the show <laughs> as always thank you for listening and take care